time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Listeners, I am so excited to have someone sitting right across from the table from me right now, Marjorie Willis, who we just met just accidentally standing in line to get our food here at the Empower Conference. And they were taking pictures of, they just happened to be standing in front of the table we're sitting at right now with the podcast equipment and they're taping pictures and I said let me introduce myself but why don't you take pictures and share it all over nice and we just immediately struck up a friendship and you have I wish our smiles in fact we're going to post some pictures where you have one of the most wonderful inviting warm smiles thank you Marjorie but it's just so good to have you here and to have met you wonderful it's nice to meet you too thanks for having me oh it's a real honor I want to hear your impression about Empower. We're really here to talk about Empower. We want to be promoting that. Right. <clears throat> and then I want to get into what you're doing. You work for Navy Federal Credit Union. But we're going to first start off talking about Empower. What's your, is this your first one? It's my first one ever. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never, I didn't know actually something like this existed. We had a colleague with our group that actually did something phenomenal. She reached out to other colleagues and said that there was an opportunity for us to gather together and learn about how we can make an impact in separate divisions yeah. because we have a strong influential presence as leaders, as part of our organization. That's good. And then also the dynamic around diversity, inclusion, and belonging mm. is almost like a simultaneous thing that's happening. But I, I feel very empowered just meeting different women in the bathroom on the way standing yeah, in yeah, line. Just in line, yeah. folks are just reaching out and talking about what they do. Very inspiring. Yeah. Didn't have that kind of thing when I started in the industry. No. And it's actually given me a lot of pause to think about what now I need to be doing going forward. Playing we it we forward. talk a lot about, I need a seat at the table, right? I've struggled to get a seat at the table. Okay, now you've got a seat at the table, what are you going to do with it, right? And how are you going to give back and show other folks, females, the path to success? Yeah. Natural leader, from the moment I met you standing in line, you're just, you. I call it your tribe around you. We've got one of them here right now. <laughs> you're just, you're loved. And I said, oh, we got to interview Thank the group. You. And they go, no, you're interviewing oh, Marjorie. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was so much fun. But when you're listening to the speakers and listening to some of the stories, which are really touching, there are some pretty powerful stories here. Are. What are some of the things that you would like to have or share? You're going to take back and share yeah, with no, your group. I actually kept turning around with Teresa here yeah. uh, and kept telling her, that's me. Wow. Now, that's the story that I want to tell. That's what I want to share because I think there's a very unique dynamic. We talk about generations yeah. and how we manage our, ourselves and we can't be completely authentic. Yeah, it's so right? true. And so, so depending on when you came into the corporate environment, the expectation was that you had to be one of the boys or you had to fit mm -hmm. in. And there was something very profound that was shared with one of the speakers. And she said, I got to figure out who I'm supposed to be today. Uh, right? Because, again. Rather than being her authentic self, she's having to imitate in order to be able to. Exactly. And what you find in, mm. at the end of every day, even with my daughter's 23, and I tell her all the time, I said, you're always going to have to work harder. You're going to have mm -hmm. to study harder. You're going to have to really push yourself beyond what the norm is because that's the remedy to getting there. But now 
as the world's changing, corporations are starting to embrace this concept of, we want you to be who you are. It's so less exhausting. It's not so heavy. And when you can be authentic like that, you share your experiences and become vulnerable to other people. They can share back with you the same way that they're feeling. Mm -hmm. When you have that breakthrough, nobody has to be anything except for who they are. And so I feel like I'm just on the path of self-discovery here. So good. And I'm continuing to evolve, but creating spaces for people to, regardless of what their preference is or, because I literally have spent my entire life with people looking at me and saying, where are you from? You're from here. You're from there. Oh, yeah. And people want to put you in buckets and pigeonholing. I just hate it. And you know what? I think they're missing out on the best part of who Marjorie is. Yeah. Honestly, I think if you just get to know me, you can see I have so much more to offer than what you're stereotyping me to be. But in order to get there, I have to create that space. And And there's also a boldness and willingness to step out and be vulnerable. Yeah. Because when you're authentic... You become vulnerable. That's the other piece, right? Because you're also female and you were raised to be the quiet little good girl mm-hmm. in the corner. Don't complain. Don't talk about what We're in vast audiences now hearing, be clear about what you want. Know your worth. These are things that weren't articulated to us when Growing we were coming up. up. Yeah. But I can promise you it's been embrazened in my daughter's head. So and, and when I speak about her, it is really around the person I wish I could have been at 23. And so you start to see... Whether it's your own child, your female daughter, whatever, they start to outgrow you. If you're mentoring someone and you can start to see them outgrow, and then it's time to shift and have them then be accountable for the next generation that's coming forward. The most ironic thing about all of this, I went to an all-girl high school. Really? (laughs) 700 girls. I went into... And they didn't teach this? Oh, that's so sad. So the reality you is... You can bring this back to them. Oh, of course. Being raised in a neighborhood where there were all little boys to play with, I didn't really have a female point of view. I followed my brother, which was great, right? Because I learned athleticism yeah. and competition and how to win, how to lose and be humble and all those great things. And guess what? By the time I got into corporate America, that was very timely. Yeah. Because yeah. I could talk about football. I could talk about hunting. But there was a period of time which is the roughest time, I think, for a female, which is right in high school. Yes. I'm in an all-girls school, and I go into the bathroom at 2.30, packed with girls, because all the boys in the district are in the parking lot waiting for the girls to come out. So I go in the bathroom, and there's hairspray, and this one girl, because girls can be very mean. Oh, yeah. She looks at me, and she says, what are you doing in here? What? Tomboys don't come in here. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, the sad and things I thought, are sad. I told myself, I hadn't really categorized. Here we go with categorizing yeah. again. Yeah. So I hadn't really categorized myself as that, but okay. But by the time I got into my corporate opportunities, I had an edge. Yes. I really did have an yeah. edge. Now, with diversity and inclusion evolving, yes, it has me reflecting now on what I lost. Because I couldn't cultivate that tribe while I was in high school. So then what are the events that happen to you after high school? You get married. You need bridesmaids. Didn't have those. Wow. Then I'm pregnant. Got to have babies. Yeah. What's a baby shower? I don't even know what the etiquette. Wow. So wow. I missed out on all of those wow. things, right? Yeah. And now I'm going back and reflect and say the influence that I can make now, not just on my daughter, but the other younger females that I know. Because I actually feel like mm-hmm. satility through athleticism or being able to communicate regardless of who you're talking to is a valuable asset. It is. 
but I think how people see you and their desire to constantly categorize you is mm. you can't accept that as a limitation. Yeah. And as much as we want to see that go away, yeah. I think there's a human negative nature that just keeps showing up as much. And you can play whack-a-mole and we want to yeah. beat that out of everything and everyone we want to, we come in contact with. Yeah. But it's learning to deal with it. It and, is. And you did, it, it's interesting about part about your story, and I love your story, is because it reminds me, my wife was had boys and she had one sister but they are all tree climbing football sure. playing yeah girls and that it's just one of those things <laughs> yeah. where that's how she grew up so that's she's it. very comfortable doing the guy that's thing it. and so it's really interesting but it does give you a bit of a edge when entering the market and how to compete in that it's world true. so your story is more like you almost had to go back and learn a little bit and how do we relate this now right. to the women who didn't have that background right. coming up you're so well equipped yeah that's what i that's where i landed uniquely equipped. that's exactly where i landed and part of this though is taking the time to reflect yeah because every disadvantage doesn't necessarily mean you don't have opportunity that's right anyone can be self-absorbed and wallow and be i just don't take that path i Me i am too. who i am and i think when you've gone through whether you're talking about inequality as a female being the only black woman in a corporate boardroom with 53-year-old white men, mm. when you're encouraged to go to the meeting and take the notes, but don't offer an opinion, and this is what's bred into your mind, you have to find your path out of that. And for me, it was establishing the right mentors. Oh, really? It was establishing the right yeah. mentors who shared their story, and they were authentic to me. That's good. And so now... When people call me and say, hey, Marjorie, can you mentor me? I see you at work. You're on Enet. You're, I see how you present. I see how articulate you are. I want to learn how to do that. Let's set some time up, right? Because I, I think I can help them. Oh, and yeah. I think I There's can no be passionate. There's no thinking. You absolutely can. Knowing <laughs> I just can a be... short time I met you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just passionate about yeah. it. And I love the confident woman that's not overbearing. There was a sentiment offered speaking with purpose. So that's where I really streamline. When folks tell me I could go to the meeting... But I just needed to sit and listen. I made sure that when I did have something to say, so it was sad. purposeful. Yeah. And people could say, that was a good point. That was a good point that yeah. you just made. And so you didn't, get, like you say, you didn't wallow in the no. any self-pity. No. You say, okay, that's the rules. That's all I hear. Let's find the opportunity and then to show up. Embrace but, that you're different. Yeah. Embrace yeah. that you're different. My daughter is, and I have two kids and I love both of them, so I don't want to be monopolizing but we are talking about women here yeah she's almost five foot nine just beautiful very thin but when we walk somewhere together we're getting stared at oh yeah it doesn't matter where we are we're getting stared yeah, at yeah, yeah. and i, I wonder just, if it's more part of it is when i met you standing in line here there is a charisma about you jay oh, that yeah. you just i keep saying marjorie that you just carry yeah that is so evident thank you and you exude that and thank there's a you. confidence that comes with that Tell us a little bit about Navy Federal Credit Union and what you do. You're the business unit regional liaison. <laughs> reg regulatory. Liaison. I saw yeah. regs. I didn't, was it regional or reg? So super simple. Yeah. We have a leader that manages our relationship with the regulator, Navy Federal. Our team works with our business partners 
to manage the requests that come from our regulator. Okay. But I like to say a go, well, but, but we're all in the spirit of managing risk for our home lending department. Okay. So new rules, policies, regulations, things will change, which will impact our operational side, requiring us to update our policies, our standards, our training for the hundreds of employees that we have that facilitate the operations piece of our home lending team. Excuse my ignorance. I used to know this, but who regulates the credit unions? I know you have NCUA. All, it's NCUA. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And But you're still subject to all the other regulatory bodies that the rest of the independent mortgage bankers right. or banks that are subject to. Right. That's uh, right. So you're still subject to that. Yep. So when you're navigating this in your role, what are some tips that you'd say to navigate when working with regulators? And then how are the regulators? They've been had so much diversity and inclusion preach to them. Mm-hmm. I would assume that they're there already. Is that yeah, true? They are. And I think they they regulate us from a fair lending perspective mm-hmm. for appraisal biases, things like that. And we're very responsive. And in some cases, we have our own internal exam teams yeah. that prepare us for those type of questions. So we'll run frequent sizes and tests, control tests to make sure that we're more proactive and less reactive. Marjorie, there's something unique about the culture and accredited. Could you speak to that? Because it creates, it's not only, you have many people, many bankers get upset. Credit unions have an unfair, they have this tax-free environment where they don't, their income, they can come out and do things cheaper. There's a much bigger advantage they have. Yeah. And it's about serving the members. Talk Absolutely. about that. Yeah. That's why we come to work every day. Yeah. Uh, Teresa and I have actually been on panels before we have interviews. And the question that gets tossed back to us invariably is, why do you like to work there? And mm. it's because we know the work we do makes a direct impact on our members every day. And you can work for a lot of companies and work in a very siloed way yes. where you're executing and delivering results, but never know how you're making an impact to the external customers. Yeah. But for us, it's actually tattooed in our brains. It's in everything we do. And it's not just external, it's how we treat each other across the company. You can strike up a conversation with anybody across the credit union. They'll want to know what you do. And now we're all just back for a hybrid experience. It's like high school reunion. You haven't seen people in two years. It's just a very warm culture. I can't really explain it. And I can speak about it because I spent 21 years at Fannie Mae. Oh, you were at Fannie? Okay, I didn't know that. And I came over to Navy and I didn't realize how... I don't want to use the word toxic, but I didn't I couldn't didn't realize how much I could enjoy coming into work and working with so many smart people oh, that are energized amazing. and excited about the impact they that's make. That's so and it shouldn't be unique to credit unions. I think I mean that a lot of there that is more inherent there because sure. of the structure and how you focus on members. Absolutely. It's a membership thing. But we, I want to have you back, Marjorie, because I want to talk more about that. Because first of all, I love your energy. Oh, I just you are okay. just delightful. <laughs> Thank you. You are just delightful. Thank you and for then, no, did, me. You, did you know Gwen Muse Evans? Oh yes, I worked with her. Oh, you did. Yeah. Gwen's a dear She's friend. She's phenomenal. Oh, I just yeah. love Gwen Muse. She was one of my mentors. Evans, Gwen Evans Muse. Yeah. yeah, she was one uh, of my mentors. Oh, she yeah. is amazing. Yep. I've had her on the podcast. I adore her. She's become one of my dear friends. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that settles it. I know Abby is speaking in yes, there, and you want to run in there, I so do. I'll end the interview. But thank you so much. Please, Thanks, let's, we'll be reaching out. I got your card, so Super. you'll be a repeat guest. Oh, no, I look <laughs> right forward to you. it. Thank you so much. Hey, listeners, this hot topic would not be possible without our sponsors. I want to say a special thank you again to Byte Software, Finastra, Total Expert, Candor Technologies, Simple Nexus, iEmergent, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, Lenders One, the Mortgage Collaborative, Knowledge Coop, Mobility MMI and Modix. Be sure to check out each of those sponsors and their sponsor on our website, Lincoln on Lending, at the sponsorship page. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Licken on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Licken of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.